Hey everybody, we are super pleased to announce our new sponsor, Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. The goal? Power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes such as Alliance War and Real-Time Arena. And the best part? Marvel Strike Force just reached its six-year anniversary, which means free stuff when you sign up via our unique link in the description. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. Just complete each event, and you'll receive special awards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and every week to take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. If we have received a unique promo code for every new user, please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L. Again, anybody uses that code, it is unique for all new users. Check it out. Once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Gamers Anonymous, the podcast about board gamers and the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris. And this is Anthony. And this is episode 316, Games Too Big to Play. We'd like to thank all of our Patreon backers for helping us bring you a brand new episode. So long ago, Anthony, when we were first starting out in board gaming and we loved board games so dearly, that we wanted every possible expansion and promo that we could get our hands on. And then at some point, we realized in our hubris that we had no place to put all of these things. And we sincerely wish that there was a container to hold all of these things, never thinking we'd actually get those. And in fact, we've got those. And that's our feature review this week. Yeah. Yeah, we, we joked about this uh, not too long ago, I think I'm on uh, BGA Live, but there are some very large boxes on my shelves right now, and they are never coming down. In fact, I took one down the other day to consolidate something like an expansion that I had found in the closet, and it had a tremendous amount of dust on it. I don't think it's wow. been moved in at least a year. I it just, we'll, we'll get to what these games are, you can guess on some of them, but there's too many now, and uh, a couple recently that have come in are especially egregious. So uh, it'll be part rant, part discussion of how, maybe how to make it better. I don't know. <laughs> so. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll box it up in a feature review for you. So it'll be a lot of fun to have that conversation and talk about some of the monstrosities of board game boxes out there and all of the stuff that comes along with it. So uh, join us for there for that feature review. But before we get into all of that big box goodness, there's so much other stuff that's 
going on with us, Anthony. So why don't you bring everyone up to date? Yeah, yeah. Um, we have our annual March Gamer Madness starting next week. And we're going to be doing the solo games because all the solo games. <laughs> um, uh, and, and the reason why is obviously the last year, almost exactly one year, actually, like five days from now is when my kids school shut down a year ago. We've been stuck at home, can't go out. Lots and lots of people playing solo games. Um, lots of people playing online too, but we've talked about that. So these are going to be the games that you can play by yourself. We've curated the list from the top 200 solo games on Board Game Geek um, that is run there by one of the guilds every year. And we're going to have special guest Jason, um, who is co-host with me on Every Night is Game Night for several years until very recently, on to help discuss that. And then we have a contest. So... Every year we do this, we put up the bracket. It is up right now. If you go over to our Facebook page or if you check out boardgamersanonymous.com, there will be a, a link where you can go to the bracket. You can go through all 63 matchups and choose who you think is going to come out and win. Whoever comes closest, or if multiple people do, then we'll I'll, I'll draw a name, uh, is going to win. You're going to win a game um, from the list that's in print and available that we can ship to you wherever you happen to live. So... Head on over there. It's always a lot of fun. Everybody really enjoys going through this. I usually do it myself before we even do the episode because it's just fun to click back and forth. Yeah, if you have any comments, questions, anything, obviously shoot them through. We record this. That episode will be recorded in the next week or so. And so the contest is going to lock down about one week from when you hear this, uh, once the first episode of that goes up. So uh, you'll want to get that in as soon as you can. If it's not in by the 17th, then the contest will close down and you won't be able to obviously run it because you'll know the answers to half the questions. Uh, but um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. We do this every year and uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, it's our obligatory, how would you say it, like reverence towards sports because Anthony and I come from right. a background of like, we love sports. And this is like the last embers of sports that we're barely holding on to and we bring into board gaming each and every year. So we've been doing these for a lot of years. And honestly, in fact, they are the most fun episodes that we, I believe that we do each and every year because again, they're timeless and they're really a lot of good discussion and they're a lot of fun games and you know, all the games, it's just, it's a lot of really cool kind of back and forth entertainment. And I think we've been doing it almost every year going way back when. So before you get into these episodes, jump back and listen to those episodes, because again, I think they're just a lot of fun. We talked about sci-fi games, we talked about fantasy games, we talked about different types of Euro games, we talked about historical stuff. Like We've done pretty much everything, because we really want to make all the episodes evergreen for you, so that there is something always to go back to. Because I know for me personally, when I like a podcast and I'm listening for something, Every once in a while, I'm like, you know what? Let me just jump back a little bit. And let's see what something's cool and interesting there. So a lot of Evergreen episodes, we always do something different. So we're so glad to do this. We're so happy to have Jason with us. And I think it's going to be a really good time. And again, for a lot of us out there, all we are doing right now is solo gaming. So take a listen, especially if you're not a solo gamer like me. Like I solo game, but I'm not a solo gamer. Anthony's a solo gamer. So... I think you'll get some really good solo games on your purchase chart, at least upcoming. So yeah, definitely check that out. Even if you're not a solo gamer, you're going to love it. All right, Anthony. So that's what's going on with uh, the podcast for the next two weeks. So we'll hopefully everyone will love and enjoy that. 
But there's also something going on with a little Twitch channel that we are favorites of. What's going on with BJ Live? Yeah, this week we're going to do No Thanks on episode 25. So check out uh, the show. It's up every week on Wednesdays at 8.30 Eastern. And uh, this week we're doing No Thanks and probably at least one, possibly two other surprise shorter games mixed in there. So we're going to have a little bit of a grab bag. No Thanks is the newest game, and that's the one we really want to focus on. But obviously it's a little bit quicker, so we're going to kind of touch on a couple of the other smaller, lighter games that are on BGA, on Board Game Arena. So definitely join us. It'll be a lot of fun. These types of games we always have a lot of fun with because they're silly and there's not a lot of AP or heavy thinking. It's just people kind of stabbing each other really quickly. That's always funny. (laughs) Yeah, we we finished La Granja last week and that went long. It was a great game. It was a super tight game. And again, if you haven't listened to that episode or watched that episode, jump over to Twitch. Board Game Arena has its very own Twitch channel and BJ Live episodes are there each and every week so check those out because i think it's a lot of fun you get a really cool teach you get some great competitions and we do not plan it but we have some had some of the tightest tightest competitions we've ever seen so our big thanks out to all of our friends out there especially our game master russ for putting that together each and every week no thanks is a really quick fun game in fact i played this way back when i think this goes as far back as our myriad days anthony and it was one of those games where it's like this is a nothing game. And you're like, no, this is like trick taking, like amped up to like 11. And this is a game you can play with anyone. We, I know a lot of people say that. I know a lot of gamers say that, but this is a game where it's like, it's numbers on cards. You play chips, you got it. It's done. And again, we're going to have a bunch of little surprise episodes on top of it. So it'll be a lot of fun. So check in with us if you haven't done that yet. So we got some fun. We got some things going on, but Anthony, it's not just about us. It's about our listeners. So what's our question of the week? Question of the week this week is what game is elevated the most by adding an expansion in? So what game, not what's the best expansion, but what game when you add one of its expansions in increases in quality the most, right? So the base game, you're like, it's fine. And the expansion, you're like, it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> So we've got a lot of good answers here. Um, first one up is Drew. He says, Anachrony Exosuits. So just throwing in the Exosuits. I cannot actually imagine playing this game without the Exosuits. So I'm going to agree with that, even though I've never played without the Exosuits. Because uh, <laughs> I think base game, if you buy just the $60 game, it comes with like little cardboard hexes. And those are your Exosuits. So... <laughs> You gotta have the miniatures, man. Pay the extra thirty bucks, get the miniatures. <laughs> I remember unboxing that and punching that. I'm going, oh no, oh, no, 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 <laughs> no. Where's that other box? <laughs> I think that was actually one of the very few games that I refused to buy until I could buy the expansion with it, because I was just like, yeah, that's not, that's not, this is not a thing. No, no, no. It's like it's it's like having standees. Like no, no, we don't do that here. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's nice that they split it up so they gave people the options. You could get that really really good game for sixty dollars. Yeah, but honestly, it's a hundred dollar game because you got to get the you got to get those miniatures. You got to agreed, <laughs> agreed. All right, Drew also mentioned Star Wars uh, Rebellion: Rise of the Empire. So that uh, it's only expansion to date, but a really important one that adds in the like the epic combat mode. Yes, um, very much so. Really agreed. improves the combat in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, several people mentioned Raiders of the North Sea, 
Uh, and nobody really says like this expansion or this expansion. A couple people mentioned some, but they, you know, they nobody really agrees on it. But everybody does agree that it needs some of those expansions. And we talked about this before with like games that kind of replace other games recently. And uh, Raiders of Cyphia is that because it takes in all those expansions, takes the bits that work and gives you a new game based on Raiders of the North Sea. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andre also mentions Dark Alley for Tracarion, although he does admit maybe it's not really an expansion and more just like the full version of the game, which I think Agreed. I agree with. I agree I with that too. It, it, it's similar to Anachrony where I'm like, I can't imagine playing without it, to be honest. Yes, I agree. Chris says, and this is probably the right answer, uh, Lords of Waterdeep with the Skullport expansion. Oh, yeah. It adds corruption. Because that game is a solid, just sure, I guess I'll play that. <laughs> and you throw in Skullport, and I'm like, oh, actually, this is really good. I have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with uh, that. I, I have a lot of options. But yeah, you're, you're right on board with that. That's next level kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Some other stuff people mentioned. Merlin with Arthur heavily agreed okay. uh that's that arthur expansion adding that additional inner ring uh changes it just from a roll and move to like some other options when you roll many people thumbing the uh terraforming mars with prelude that's yes that's a no-brainer exactly that game has to have that we have these are brilliant people damn yeah <laughs> you're all correct thank you uh viticulture with tuscany which at this point is just viticulture essential edition so I don't I don't yes. know if that counts anymore because you just buy it with the stuff that it needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Um, and Jeremiah mentions three games. Uh, he doesn't mention Tuscany. He also mentions Rise of Fenris with Scythe and yes. House of Renaissance with Lorenzo Il Magnifico. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, there's it's hard to argue with any of these. All of these are absolutely perfect. I mean, there's so many games that bring it up to the next level. Rise of Fenris was mentioned. I agree, because that was one of those games where I love Scythe, but it was going to get retired. And now with the Rise of Fenris, that that gets regular rotation. German Railroads, obviously we've talked Mm. about this a lot. Like, Russian Railroads is good, but it's literally on a rail. And with German Railroads, it really opens that game up big time. Prelude, of course, I I agree with that a thousand percent. Yeah, I, I think that there are certainly... I think any publisher who has decided not to reprint that expansion in order to get all the monies to reprint the entire game. I think those are the thing, games that they know, like that stuff was next level, like Viticulture, like that was redone. Like you can't get it anymore without it. Like it's just built in now, like Bruges, right? Bruges comes now with the expansion. It's built into Rococo with the jewelry box. That's built into the game. I think there's a lot of those expansions that, are just now essential and you can't really play without it. So yeah, I think everyone's correct on this and there's obviously several others, but how about you, Anthony? Did you have anything in particular? Yeah, there was another one. A few people mentioned, this is the one I was actually thinking of before I pulled up the answers today is uh, the Norwegians expansion for feast Roden. Okay. Cause it gives more variability to the board based on player count. Uh, it also adds a fourth column or a fifth column, I should say uh, to, to the worker placement where it, as the last action, you can place one or two workers over there. And those actions are generally better than what you get for one worker. Plus they let you play a card. So it makes it so you can actually play a card every round of the game, which is not actually easy to do typically in that game, because you have to spend a lot of workers to play cards. 
And so you want to get your cards out and build up your tableau. So you can build a bigger tableau. You have more flexibility in like the goods that you pick up. You have more variability in the places that you visit and explore. And so it just gives more options without making sure. it more complicated. Yeah, I agree. That's great. Yeah, I, the only other thing I would add, and and this is honestly, I know everyone loves Food Chain Magnet, but that's a game I played, and I and I felt like I played it. I don't I don't need to ever play it again. And the expansion came out, and it's like, okay, I'll I'll continue to play this. So mm. there's definitely a lot of games that would have been clearly retired if it was not for these expansions. So and then there's definitely a lot of games out there that were saved by their expansions, or sometimes the games are bad because this used to happen a lot at least back in the day where clearly expansions were cut off. Like they were chopped off a game so that they could be reselled separately. And you're just like, why did you do that? Like you made this a bad, (laughs) this is a bad game without it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're lucky I picked up the expansion because I would have not done that if not for this. So yeah, no great list. And again, if you'd like to hit us up and let us know what expansions you think were able to make those games just like, elevated to the next level please we want to hear from you the question of the weeks do not run out they only continue and we want to hear your feedback so facebook twitter boardgamersanonymous.com so many ways to reach out to us please hit us up we would love to hear from you and if you can drop us a review on itunes or anywhere else because we just love to hear that you are listening all right anthony so that's what's going on with our listeners now let's get on to the games that we want to hit the table, let's talk about our acquisition disorders. All right. Yeah, I figured I would choose one that is perfectly matched to this week's topic. Ooh. Everdell, the uh-huh. new Everdell Kickstarter that's going up. And it comes with three options. Uh, there's Everdell New Leaf, which adds a new sideboard, which will bring in a train station. So you'll be able to collect train tickets and visitor cards and get extra points based on things moving around there. It's a cool, fun thing on the side. Yay! There is Everdell Mistwood. So these are the fourth and fifth expansions uh, for this game, by the way. And this one looks to be a little bit bigger, uh, has some like story elements to it. So you're actually fighting against Nightweave, which I think is a spider uh, in this universe. And you have to like recruit different heroes um, from these packs that will now come with the game the more legends and core and evertail packs and then transform your farms through there's another expansion pack beyond that so this is going to come with not only the module with like the storytelling type of stuff with the nightweave cards and the module that comes in there um there's automated player now available uh, the game already had a solo mode but now you can throw in an automated player to kind of mix things up even more you have these bonus packs with more legends and the evertail and through every season so a bunch of new content here, right? But the reason I wanted to mention this one and the reason I may not back this, we'll see how big it is, Ooh. is the Everdell The Complete Collection. <laughs> I heard about this. So Why? I have Why? Everdell. I, yeah, I have the original Kickstarter. Um, fancy box. It's nice. It's full. And I had to keep, I think, two of the other boxes Uh to fit everything else in there. So all these boxes have been very full of stuff. And so if they send me two more boxes on top of that with the two expansions, I'm like, I don't want five boxes for this game, right? I don't, this is not Arcadia quest. I don't want five. (laughs) They're just going to end up in the closet. So I'm like, Ooh, the complete collection, but they did have a screenshot of it up, or I guess a picture of it up on their Facebook page. 
and it looks like another one of these stupid, huge, mega, massive, dumb boxes that I have nowhere to put and it will never leave my house. Sure. So then the question becomes, do I want another one of these? And we'll get to that in a minute <laughs> in, in the future. Uh, it's very pretty. It's got a beautiful cover and presumably it'll have, you know, some kind of storage solution to put all that stuff in because right now it's, it's everywhere and there's a lot of it. It's hard to dig stuff out and set this game up. I don't know, but this is a perfect time to discuss it because it comes down to the question of, do I want this amazing thing? You know, inarguably, this is really cool. It's beautiful. It holds everything. All the stuff I have tons of new content coming in for a game. I really enjoy knowing full well that it's going to sit on my shelf and collect dust and probably only get played now in my own house, which means people have to come to my house or I have to get my kids to play this game. So (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. That's the big question. It's not on Kickstarter yet. It's in like the pre phase. It's supposed to launch sometime this month. I don't know exactly when, but um, keep an eye out for it. If you are interested, it's, you can go to Kickstarter now and sign up for notifications, but complete collection. We'll see what it costs. We'll see how big it is. Yeah, that, you know, again, that was going to end up on the final list, too, because I I did hear about that, too. I did hear about how insanely large that game was. And again, it's just one of those situations where it's like, you know, it reminds me of like Jurassic Park, where Malcolm is like, your scientists were so preoccupied with whether they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. And I'm just like, I love Everdale. I really do. I love the game. I love everything about it. The audacity of the whole thing is just one of those situations where you're like, this is not a good idea, but go ahead and do it anyway. And, you know, end the world, why don't you? So I don't know what to do with this. This is like another Borg cube that that they want me to add to my collection. And I'm just like, I really shouldn't. I just really shouldn't. (laughs) I really shouldn't. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know if I will. To be honest with you, we'll, we'll talk about that when it when it eventually pops up here. But oh, man, I don't know. That's why. Stop, please, dear God, stop. <laughs> I yet, and the funny thing for me is whether I back this or not will almost depend on when it comes up on Kickstarter. Like if the budget's there, but it also depends sure. on how much it ultimately costs. Because we'll get to that too. Like some, the cost of some of these big, huge boxes, unbelievable. It, it I don't know, but. I do like me some Everdell. The artwork alone is worth picking up, but it's so much. It is. And again, and they, they've done super beautiful productions, like not just regular great productions. They do a really great job production wise, but then they do like these Uber productions and it's just like, I don't know. We're going to be paying like console prices eventually for these games. Right. like do you want a ps5 or do you want the everdell super deluxe collection it's like mm, i don't know <laughs> it's uh it's, it's kind of a they they both cost the same amount of money <laughs> yeah i know which am i gonna play more well jeez uh crazy all right well i want to talk about some acquisition disorders i've had And in particular, I think these things are certainly the opposite of what Anthony was looking at. These things are certainly reasonable for many things that, you know, people hopefully would get to the table at some point. Now, obviously, the first thing here and the most important thing I want to talk about is that recently Days of Wonder have posted a print and play for Small World. Now, 
I haven't talked about Small World a lot in actually quite some time, but Small World is one of my favorite games of all time. In fact, I own the giant deluxe edition. Again, another thing that is almost impossible to move. It's a giant wooden crate. It's like, who thought this was a good idea? Like a giant, smooth, heavy piece of wood, cube shape with no handles on it. I'm just like, ah, you guys are the worst. So Small World, The Lost Tribes Crusade is a mini expansion for solo play and two-player games. Now, you could already play Small World as a two-player game, but this actually allows you to throw a third player in because what's going to happen here, and if you ever played Small World before, if you haven't even played Small World before, it's all about these very cartoony fantasy races and special abilities kind of mashed together back before it was cool, and they go out, they conquer all the lands, and then they go into like a decline phase, and then you bring in another race. But there are already some indigenous tribes out there. There are the lost tribes that are out there, and they're just doing their own thing. They're just like, I guess they're blockers for you because they lived there first. So turns out that the lost tribes have had enough, and they are pushing back. So the solo version of this game gives you rules how to utilize the lost tribe. So basically what you do is you take all the lost tribe tiles, because when you play Small World, there are boards from two players up to eight depending on if you have the expansion so there is a number of you know lost tribe tiles so there's a lot of tiles that you can play with those go on the board and those conquer based upon a certain conditions just like it normally does and you get to play along with the lost tribes so again it's free it's literally free you could just print it out and you got the rules and then again it, there is kind of rules and information how to play with underground how to play with the river world you know, how to play with all the different versions of it. And then there's a two-player or kind of like a three-player version here because there's two players plus the, uh, you know, solo kind of bot player here. And you can play with that as well. So, again, for acquisition disorders, this is free. You can download it if you have Small World. And you can get to the table. So that's a lot of fun. And it's free. Cool. I don't. I still haven't really played Small World. I don't own it, but uh, oh, no. I've always wanted to play it. I've played the app a little bit, so I know of the game. But it's just not something that's spent a lot of time on my radar. But sure, solo mode that makes me want to try it. Yeah, and again, maybe they'll add it to the app because the app is really good for Small World. If you haven't picked it up, you should because it often goes on like super cheap sale, and it's still one of the best apps of all time. It's just the production is off the charts especially considering how many years ago that game came out. Like, it's really up there. So, yeah, check that out. All right, Anthony, so those are the games we want to hit the table. Let's talk about the games that did hit the table, and we'll let people know if those games are a buy. And they should run out and buy those games if those games are a play, and they should sit down and play them if those games are a dodge, and they should avoid them, or if those games are the dreaded burn, and they're just going to pack those games up because, let's be honest, they're just giant cubes that are meant to be, like, I don't know, locked away in time. <laughs> I just like dropped in like a, a time capsule and be like, back in the 2020s, they had games that were the size of cubes and no one could play them, but they were nice. So, you know, maybe in a thousand years or so, we'll have like levitation powers and you could actually get those to the table. So with that said, Anthony, what do you have up for us this week? All right. So I, I pulled out uh, the Root Clockwork expansion. Um, which was in the original, not the original, the last Kickstarter, the Underworld one that came out last January, I think it shipped. 
Uh, but it did just hit retail as well. So I know other people have had a chance to, to pick this up who didn't get it in the Kickstarter. And what it is, is you have bot modes for each of the four original factions in Root. So you could get, I think it was in the first expansion, um, the Riverfolk expansion, the Mechanical Marquee. So there was the one where you could play against the cats. And it was a decent way to kind of practice the game. Um, effectively, the way the, that one worked is you would reveal a card from the top of the deck on the Mechanical Marquee's turn. And based on the suit of that card, you would do things in different locations. So you would battle everywhere uh, that matches that suit and recruit and build and move and expand and all those things. And it would tell you in what order to do them and how to do it. And you could actually run through the turn of the cats pretty quickly that way. And it was a nice way to practice. Um, the challenge with that is that there was really only a couple, you know, you could do it against all the other factions, but some of them, it just didn't really work because the cats would just kind of sit and spin in their own little corners and nothing would happen while you, cause if you're not a combat oriented faction nothing, what are you going to do? Right. It's like any two player game. It doesn't really work. The clockwork expansion changes that a little bit because you can now play it solo and run multiple bots, which allows you to try out various different factions without necessarily having to play, you know, one-on-one. You can still do that if you want to test out um, how, you know, COVID or COVID, (laughs) Corvid conspiracy plays against the Electric Airy. You can do that. But um, the way that I'm having the most fun with this is using the chart that comes with the expansions at the back of those rule books. It says these are the best combinations for whatever player counts. And then matching that up to the different mechanical bots that you have here uh, and using those to determine, you know, to play them out. Because it might sound like a lot of work. And like for a coin game, it would be a lot of work. Those games also do this, but it's a ton of work. But everything you need to run those um, clockwork opponents is on their player board. It's set up in the same order in the same uh, graphic design as as a player board, a regular player board. And it's fairly simple. You're just revealing a card, crafting it if you can, and then going through a series of steps based on, you know, what time it is and what the suit was that you pulled. Very, very simple. If you know the rules to root and you know how to play these factions, the clockwork version is very simple. Like each of them is like a page of rules. So I've had a lot of fun doing that, getting to try out other factions that maybe I don't get to play as much um, or haven't gotten to play as much in the past or ones that aren't yet in the app, uh, some of the expansions. And it's just a really cool way to do automation when some solo modes right now are just adding layers upon layers. And you have things like GMT games and coin games where they do exactly this, where you have like a spreadsheet type of approach and a flow of things to do based on certain conditions. But it's a lot and it's too much work to learn. right? And I'm never going to do it. Um, This was easy to learn. It's quick to set up and I'm having a lot of fun with it. The other reason that it was like drawn to pull this out is because the uh, the second clockwork expansion is currently up along with the um, the Marauders expansion on Kickstarter. So I don't know if that's still up while you guys are listening to this. It was finishing up pretty much either this week or next week. Um, it's next week. So it's still up while you're listening to this. But if you're interested, the new clockwork expansion is going to include... Um, the other four factions. So the lizards, the otters, the corvid, and the moles. Um, so you'll have eight different ones to choose from. So I'm pretty excited about that. That's something I'm definitely going to pick up. 
So Clockwork Expansion for me as a solo player and with Root being my number two game of all time, this is an easy, easy buy. 100% recommend it. Uh, if you at all enjoy Root, if you want to practice at home, if you want to play two-player games before the new expansion comes out that's supposed to improve two-player and you are tired of the combinations that are available, throw in one of the Clockworks. It will play with multiple, you know, it doesn't have to be a one-player thing. You can play with three or two people uh, and throw in a Clockwork on top of that just to balance things out a little bit more. Um, and I have not done that, but uh, by all accounts, it works very well. So yeah, Clockwork Expansion, uh, it's a buy for me, and I'm backing the second one as well. <laughs> Sight unseen, I'm, I'm sure it'll be good. Excellent. Again, obviously, this is a game that benefits from having more of the different animal races on the table. So having the bots on the board adds to a lot of like replayability and just game variety and just a lot more fun. You know, I just I, I always love seeing Root at the table, but I especially love seeing it when you get to see all the different types of factions in play, because it's really the interactions that make that game a lot of fun. You know, if it's the birds versus the cats, you're like, oh, they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And that's it. But it's like it's the birds, the cats and the Woodland Alliance. Oh, OK. So now we got a whole a different dynamic happening. That's that's pretty fun. So, yeah, if you could throw some bots in there, that's great. Especially, like you said, as a solo play. Because, again, the one thing that's keeping me from just literally buying a house worth of root is just the fact that getting this to the table is challenging because people just don't have the time to play and study and learn those particular, you know, races, but this would allow for that. And that's, that's fantastic. So yeah, no, this is, this is great. So yeah, people should be checking that out. All right. So for me, I got a small, tiny one that I want to let everyone know about. I was so excited about it that I actually landed. I actually texted Anthony. I'm like, look, the seven wonders app has been updated. It's 2.0. It's the new edition. I'm so excited. And it was weird because I did not know this was coming. And it just, I was like, oh, that's that's weird. That's a different icon for my Seven Wonders. Because every once in a while, I'm like, you know what? I got five minutes. I'll play a game of Seven Wonders on my phone. And it's just, it's gotten so easy and simple to play that I can knock it out in five minutes or less. And I'm like, it's fine. It's, it's a great app. I like it a lot. And then out of nowhere, and again, with no fanfare from what I could tell, they decided to bring the new edition that we've been talking about for quite some time to the app. And there was no additional charge. And I was kind of shocked. And I'm like, what is this? What is this? And it wasn't just the fact that it was the new edition. So there's definitely tweaks in the whole game and there's new cards in the game. But they've also added the leaders and the cities, the new versions of those in here too which I do not have at this point, but now I get to play with because even Board Game Arena doesn't have those new expansions. So really we're just missing, I guess, Armada and maybe Babel. I don't I don't know if Babel's eventually going to come out. I don't think, I think they're going to let Babel go on there, but it is gorgeous. The artwork is great. It's, it's certainly upgraded big time. The music is great in here. The transitions between the different ages are elegant and they just, it's just, it really, it's such a better game. It's really hard to say because when you played Seven Wonders, it was such a nice, clean implementation. And this version is just, it sparkles. Like 
there's so much animation as far as when you place the cards out and how they interact with each other and all the different phases. And plus, you do get the leaders, you do get the cities. Again, if you played Seven Wonders, you owe it to yourself to pick up this app. It's super cheap. And again, it's one of those things where it's like, it's just going to be a lot of fun. If you've never played Seven Wonders, this is a great way to learn. It has all the stats. It has all the information on there. So, like, I can't believe I, I have to. Sh- <laughs> I don't actually. I need to take a look at this because one of the things that the new app tells you in detail, the old app gave you some information, but one of the things that the the new app tells you is exactly like how many games and all that other kind of stuff uh, that you've actually played. And I'm just like, oh no, I've played a lot of these games. <laughs> I had no idea, but it's, it's it's really a lot of fun. That's great. Yeah, no, when you told me they had updated it, I was I was surprised, but also kind of excited because I haven't played the Seven Wonders app in a while. Um, the the original edition of it was fine. I yeah, I can't remember exactly even what my issue was with it. It just it kind of I burned out on it really fast. But yeah, no, I downloaded this uh, yesterday, and I'm like, or updated, I guess, because it was already on there. Uh, and it's yeah, it's really nice. It looks really good. I just like the fact that it's it's a free update in the in the universe that we currently live in of micro transactions. They just gave it to us. It wasn't like oh, it's going to cost you an extra dollar for each. Like we just talked about how you know uh, Skulldrons of Skull Skullport, the expansion for Lords of Waterdeep, is essential. And when I bought that game as an app, and I bought it more than once, I also bought it on Steam. The expansions were each like four bucks each. And it's only really one expansion when you buy the game, but they split it up into two things and you had to pay like another $8. I'm like, come on, guys. Like, that's not cool. And here you get the brand new base edition and both other expansions. I mean, it's just very, very cool of them to do. I'm really happy about that repost production. Thank you. Really, really appreciate that. And again, it's super sleek. It's really updated. It's, It's great. So with that being said, I want to bring you a bigger game review that I was able to get to the table I have multiple pictures of my struggles and triumphs with Tauntas, excuse me, Tawantan Suyu. This is another game in the tea collection from David Turtsey, our the solo master of solo masters, some might say. And this is a board game from Board and Dice. And this is about the Incan Empire. And that's what Tawantan Suyu uh, refers to. So I got to play the solo mode version of this. I I played it throughout the weekend. So let me say a couple of things here. I'm going to talk about how the game plays. I don't think that the game itself plays radically different at any player count. I got to play against the bot here. And the bot's really interesting. I'm going to talk about the bot in a little more detail. And that's Oxomama. That's actually... (laughs) And I've pronounced these and... I've gone through this again and again. Oxomama here is our bot. So this is the player that I'm playing against here. And basically the game seems to play rather similar with all player accounts. The game plays up to four, but I played with the solo module here. Looking to get this game to the table, so I will have a more extensive review once I do that. The game itself is all about gaining fame. The... The ruler of uh, of the Incan Empire is looking to pass down his empire to his sons and is looking to see who can gain the most fame and fortune by serving their people. So you have this wondrous 
multi-tier pentagon of this kind of pyramid ziggurat, and each of the levels is all about farming and producing resources. So this epic grand wonder of all time, and on your turn, you are basically going to do one of two things. The first choice is to play a worker. Now, there are five different color workers. They all do different things. And what you're going to be able to do is play the worker on a particular spot on the board. So the board itself, very flat. It doesn't have any of the three-dimensional things like, like a lot of the games do these days. And there's a lot of symbology on the game. But basically, you have a lot of these ancient symbols. And you're going to play your worker on one of those symbols. And you are going to play a matching card to make that happen. If you do that, there's no cost, which is awesome. So think underwater cities. Like, you want to match things up. If you do, in fact, have one of the idols, which you can build throughout the game, you will get the bonus of the card. Again, think underwater cities. If you don't have any of those things, then you have to pay a gold to be able to place your worker out there. Once your worker gets placed there, then you will get an action to be able to do something there. Now, that action is all about what is adjacent to that particular worker, so you will be able to gain resources or be able to build something in particular. As I mentioned, the idols are something you're building, but there's also buildings that you're building, and there's also stairs that you're building. Stairs are essential because there's, there are multiple tiers to this board. So the stairs helps the workers move from the top to the bottom levels. So as you want to place your workers on the lower levels to get the better resources, it costs additional food to do so. In addition to that, as you're placing your workers out there on the board, you want to keep them in line with your high priest. Your high priest is overlooking, is managing all your workers out there. So if you go any distance away from them, whether it's down or to the sides, it's going to cost more food to be able to do so. But the stairs act as a discount. And again, if you use someone else's stairs, you give them a victory point because they helped you out in the long term there. So again, a lot of little symbology here, but again, you place your worker, you take your action, you get your resources or you build your thing. If you have adjacency to a color worker of your same color, then you're going to get additional actions. And that's primarily it as far as workers are concerned. You'll be able to get an additional worker. And basically throughout the game, you're going to be holding on to like at least one, if not two workers, but never more than that. If you don't take that, you can take your secondary actions, your secondary actions allows your high priest to, to, to move. Think about like what Anthony was mentioning earlier about uh, Merlin with King Arthur having its own little kind of uh, rondelle. Well, the same thing is true here. So the high priest moves around, gets to do really cool actions like produce based upon your tapestries. The tapestries is a very cool action throughout the game. You'll be able to purchase tapestries and based upon how you kind of connect those tapestries, if they're a different pattern but the same item, when you'll be able to produce, you'll be able to get those resources, which is awesome. You'll also be able to worship, which you could discard your different uh, idols to be able to move up the track or make offerings to move up the track. You know, it's basically a turtsy game, so it's all about tracks. You'll be able to do conquests, which will actually get you victory points and resources throughout the game. And that's primarily the two things that you're going to do during the game. So it's either a worker or a high priest action. Again, a lot of iconography in this game, but it's not really a very hard game. It just tends to be a lot of different things you can do, and it's a little cluttered throughout. Now, let's talk about the Automa. 
The Autumn is really important here. Exomom is going to come into play, and the bot is going to do something very similar to you. The difference is that it's going to have the cards set up in front of them, and you're going to roll a, a one to four die. When you roll the die, it's going to indicate which of the cards you're going to use. That's going to indicate where the worker is going to get placed in line or near in line with your high priest. Now, when you place your worker out there, you're going to get the benefits based upon your board. So there are these little tokens that have numbers on them. So as you roll that number, you are going to check off on the three different levels on the Automa board what you're going to be able to get as far as resources or buildings or things like that. So you're not going to take what's on the board, but you're going to take what's on the Automa board or the Oxomama board. So as the game goes on, the Automa's getting resources, they're messing with you a little bit here and there, and you're kind of doing your own thing. So that's primarily it. You go through three different festival areas once the village runs out of workers, and then you score up your points, and that's pretty much the game. It's a very straightforward game. It's very, very point salad. There's a lot of ways to score points throughout the game, and basically it's just about maximizing your efficiency by putting workers down in the right spot to be able to connect to other workers and, of course, get the good stuff on the bottom. But, of course, utilizing the stairs, utilizing the idols, and, you know, it's a bit of a squeaker. So Oxomama here does a very good job. It's a different way of playing the game. It's not just like a straight out, do you have to hit a certain number? That being said, it is a little cumbersome because as you're playing your game, you're doing something that makes sense. You place your workers, you do the action there. Oxomama places their worker, and now you have to go through like a chart of like, you know, I don't know, 20 some odd different things to see what actually happens at this point and how to move things. So it is a little cumbersome. And after playing it a couple of times, I just played by myself because I just wanted to be able to see my own score, my own actions. Because like I said earlier, you could possibly get in the way and Oxomama every once in a while makes things difficult, but generally not so much so. So for David Turtsy's The Incan Empire, Tawantan Sinsuyu, I'm going to give the game a play. It's a it's a decent point salad game set in a different universe that we don't typically see. The solo mode is unique, a little cumbersome, a little obtuse. The rulebook could definitely use some revisions. As I've never played the game before, and since I was playing solo, I went to the solo mode. Solo mode was not helpful about how to set up or how to play the game, so I got to go back to the regular book. So I went back and forth the route. I even had to watch a couple of videos to make sure I got everything right because the rule book was not great. But overall, it gets a solid play. Yeah, no, that's great. I have this one on the shelf and I have not had a chance to play it yet. Uh, you know, I love Turchi's games and his solo modes in particular uh, for other games. So it, it's definitely something I want to check out at some point. Like it's been sitting there for a little while, just has not made the top of the list for me. But it's good to hear that it, it works for the most part. It does. And again, it... it, it plays very much like it looks right again it's placing a lot of workers out there moving your your high priest when you need to and again it's very point sally i never really felt that i was like in competition directly with the bot other than points and i don't believe you're going to find that very different than when you play with players obviously there might be some ideal spots but i don't think there's going to be any spots they're going to be like oh you took my spot it's not going to be that kind of thing but I don't know. When you get it done, I'll definitely teach you how to play. 
All right, so that's the games that hit the table and the tablet this week. Again, please hit us up. Let us know what you'd like us to review next because we would love to get those games to the table. All right, Anthony, so let's talk about our feature review. So our feature review this week is, in fact, games that are just way too big to get to the table. <laughs> so this has been a, obviously, first world problem, a FOMO problem, an acquisition disorder problem, a Kickstarter problem, a problem of, you know, Greek epic where we wanted so much. We reached for the sun. Our wings have melted and we have come crashing to the ocean. Uh, yeah, so we've we've caused these problems. We know that this is us. We know. So, again, these are not games that we hate. These are not games we don't like. In fact, we do like these games very much so. So as we go through these games and we lament the fact that these games may never see table time again, we just want to talk about them because, you know, it's a thing that's just crushing our soul. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and our shelves and our shelves definitely yep. our shelves <laughs> so first up anthony a game that i want to talk about a little bit this is probably the original insane huge box now we're not talking about mega civilization which of course could be on here as well but mega civilization at least plays 18 players way back in the day from steve jackson games there was a game called ogre and it was a hundred dollars and we went no way no one's gonna pay a hundred dollars for this game but it was a super big box and it needed to be a super big box because it had a lot of like cardboard pieces that kind of got put together as cars and stuff like this. Did you ever get to see this game actually in person? Nope. I saw it on the top shelf of pretty much every friendly local game store in New Jersey uh, for a two year period. And I never actually saw it hit the table. It's just it sat up there covered in dust. But it was a massive box. And it's funny because the original versions of this game are so small and would come in like plastic baggies. And then they're like, all right, sixth edition, it's the size of a car. You know? <laughs> One of the funny things about this game was I think if when you purchased it, I don't think it was an additional charge, but I think when you purchased it, you could get a giant bag, an ogre bag that went with the game. And that was at least understood. It was it was it goes back to those coffin box days, but it was it was immense. I never got well, actually, you know what? I did get to play this, not the full box version. I think way back when there was kind of like a demo version kind of circling around. I did play some of this, but this was certainly another game, and the, this is inevitably gonna be the problem with all these games. There's just too much in the box, and it's the only box or the only way to transport it. And you never get all of that stuff to the table. So why are you lugging this giant box that's going to, like, collapse you and your car and everything else? So that was the original, Ogre. All right, next up, Anthony, is a game that I know you have and you love. I never picked it up because I couldn't pick it up because it would break my back. And, that, of course, that's Gloomhaven. Right. Yeah, Gloomhaven's a beast. I mean, because the box is huge. Right. Everybody's seen this box now. I think he, several hundred thousand copies have been made. <laughs> Everybody's seen a box of Gloomhaven. You know how big that is. It is legitimately massive, but it's also full. Like there's no space in there and it doesn't come with inserts or anything. So it's just all the stuff fills that box. And when you get it, it's like 15 to 20 pounds. And then in my case, I went and got the insert to go with it, which is all wood. So my box... <laughs> 
quite literally weighs like 27 pounds. And I'm like, I'm not, wow. this is never leaving my house. And it doesn't need to in this case, but it's just been sitting on the shelf because it's so darn heavy. <laughs> Absolutely. And again, this was a game that even when it went on sale and even was on auction, the reason why I never picked it up, because I have played it, I played a good chunk of the game, is just like I couldn't fit that anywhere. And again, it's another one of those games that's just so large that if you did bring it to game night, what were you playing? Like, I don't know, 1% of it at that night, you know, that you brought it out there? Like, come on, come on, people. And obviously, he's come out with a smaller game version of this. You can actually get to the table. So Jaws the Lion, you know, I I think it, it finally shows that you can play this in a smaller version. Next, Anthony, is a game that I, I do think that you own, right? Mechs versus Minions. This was from uh, Riot Games. Yeah, yeah. When when they announced this and it came out and that whole big buzz like four or five years ago, I went in on it because I'm weak and uh, I will follow <laughs> the masses to the cliff. Um, and it wasn't crazy expensive. It was like $80. You know, this massive yeah. box. It's huge. Like it's, it's a legitimately very, it's like the, length and width of a gloomhaven box and not quite as tall but very big and everything in it is just like blinged out right everything's painted it's it's beautiful production is such top notch and it's just this big awkward thing that what do i do with it right it just ended up in the top of my shelf under a bunch of other stuff for a very long time i think now it might even be in the closet i don't see it on my shelf but yeah, it's a tough one. It does benefit from the fact that obviously it's very it's replayable because it's not a story story, but it does have chapters that you go through. So you could theoretically, quote unquote, finish it and then put it away. But Yeah, this was a game from Riot Games. I used to love to play League of Legends back in the day, and I was really excited when this came out. And then I was really disappointed when the game came out and it wasn't League of Legends. It was a programming game. So I was like oh yeah 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 i can't no no i can't i can't bring this out to gamers and I'm, and gamers are not coming to my place so no i and again it's been up for sale a couple of times and multiple reprints and i'm just like no 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 so again it's another game that would be great if you could get to the table but there's so much to it that again you're only playing like maybe 10 percent at game night Next is Scythe. Now, not just Scythe and not just its expansions, of course, but the legendary box. This was the super big box that was supposed to replace the already huge box of Scythe. And it was a $40 box. That's it. Just the box. And you were supposed to put Scythe in there after you spent all the money on the fancy Scythe box and then put it in this kind of okay gray cube (laughs) you're just like wait a minute i I put this on kickstarter and now it's a giant cube and i can't carry anywhere it's too it's just it's too cubish it's just cubish and it's just uh, why why would they do that to us yeah i don't know yeah like this is we're gonna talk about a couple of these that i regret but this is definitely one i regret buying because me too i have my art connoisseur edition you know numbered from the original kickstarter and it's there aren't that many of them and i have this empty box i'm not getting rid of that and it just it's somewhere in storage now and then i have this massive brick of a thing that i can barely carry 
because it closes in the middle too. So you kind of have yes. to strap it to make sure nothing comes loose. Yeah. And it didn't come with inserts or anything. It came with these little flimsy cardboard boxes to Crazy. put stuff in. Crazy. Which I tossed because I'm like, I couldn't even get the stuff to fit in there properly. So I tossed them all out. And so it's just a bunch of baggies in there. And I'm like, I am not on top of the $40 box spending like $100 on a wood insert for this thing. And so now it's just a mess inside this giant box. And it it, it doesn't work. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I actually, I still have mine and I still have it in shrink. I've, I've been meaning to transfer the stuff in the box, but I just, every time I look at it, I'm just like, no, that was a $40 mistake. That was just a massive $40 mistake. So, yeah, I think I was actually owed the insert, too, and it never got to me. So, yeah, I don't know. No, that's bad. And, again, it's another thing where it's just it's almost impossible to get to the game table because those components are high quality and, therefore, very heavy, too. So, yeah, I don't know how you fit this in a bag. I don't know how you, how you transport this, but it's very big. Next is another game that just recently came out. This was a Kickstarter. This is Dice Throne Adventures. This is a brand new game that's out there that creates an opportunity for you to use your Dice Throne characters, Season 1 or Season 2, in playing a game of Dice Throne Adventures, which kind of makes it a little like Gloomhaven in a way. But here's the thing. Dice Throne Adventures, if you haven't seen it, it's a ridiculously huge box. And the game components itself are not huge, but because the game is such high quality in its components, they make these giant, ridiculous inserts and plastic holders that make the box big. And you're going, well, at least everything's good. Cool. Here's the thing. Dice Throne Adventures, you can't play it alone. You have to play it with either Season 1 or 2, which means now you have to bring another massive box because Dice Throne Adventures doesn't come with characters you can play with. So it's like, can I stick them in the other box? No, you can't. So now you're carrying two giant boxes to play one game. Nope. Not even a little bit, my friends. Not even a little bit. That's, yeah, I haven't even seen this one. But the, the way you described it, it's just like, it's ugh, give me shutters. Take a look <laughs> no. at it. Take a look, because the, the the new versions are very nice. But again, you're not playing everything. And again, you it should have come with two characters to play with, two new characters, even two old characters that you could play with or variants or something. Because the fact that you have one giant box and it doesn't have everything you need to play it is just ridiculous. Yeah. Next is, and surprisingly so, Anthony, a smaller version, but I'm just putting this really blankly here. Queen, as the publisher, Queen's, you know, and you know where this is going, the big box games, all of them. Yep. And I mean all of them. You know who you are. All of you them. know what you did. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 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 I have three of these, I think. I have Shogun somewhere. I have uh, the Merlin big box actually just came in with the, the Kickstarter. And there's like one other one that I picked up somewhere along the way. You probably have a Humble. I have the mega box of Alhambra. Oh, that no. one is, it's even bigger because that one has the base game, six expansions, 24 additional modules. And then like it comes with towers for the tiles. The tiles are all actually bigger than the original version. Oh no. It is very, very big. It's not quite as big as some of these other games we're talking about, but is significantly bigger than a normal big box. Yeah. I have a bunch of these as well. I have the Alhambra. I have, 
Phew. There's, I have Fresco, and mm-hmm. I also have, I guess Amerigo fits in that. That's also Queen Games. I mean, it's it's more reasonable because you're just getting a game. It just happens to have big pieces and puzzle pieces there. But here's the big problem with these big box games. They often, if not always, come with a, an okay insert. But what they don't tell you about Queen's games and their big boxes and their inserts is if you don't hold them horizontal at any point, everything in the, in the, in the box goes flying inside. And Queen Games is known for their tiny little Queenie expansions. And those are awesome because like each of them add like 10, 15 minutes to the game. But the boxes are big. They're almost like they're really weird. Again, coffin boxes. Again, just it with the insert especially, it makes those boxes almost impossible to manage. Even though they used to be like, it used to sound like a really smart idea. Get the big box version. You'll have all the expansions and all the queenies in there. And you're just like, oh, cool. And like, I tipped it like, you know, two degrees. And now everything went flying. (laughs) I don't know where everything goes now. <laughs> I don't want to play this anymore. So yeah, those are in my closet and I'm afraid to move them. I am literally afraid to move yeah. those. <laughs> I will say though, the uh, the Merlin big box, it has game trays with lids that snap shut. There you go. So yeah. They have at solved least the problem. They have learned. They have learned so, so a bit. Next up is pretty much everything or anything from Mind Clash games. Now, Mind mm-hmm. Clash produces wondrous games, but let's be honest, they're gigantic. And in particular, the Anachrony Infinite Box. You know about an Infinite Box, Anthony, right? That center I, of gravity yeah. in your room? <laughs> yeah, seriously. This is the biggest box I own. And I own a lot of the games on this list. This is the biggest by a fair margin. Like it, it sits on top of my Gloomhaven box. It hangs off the edge a little bit and it's like three inches taller than it. It is huge and it doesn't need to be so big because you've got the base game and the expansion, the first expansion, they all fit in there obviously, but they also all already fit in the old Anachrony box, which wasn't nearly this big. And then the new expansion, all the materials that come with that, it's not that much stuff. The reason it's such a huge box is that they did the game, the game trays thing, but then they have all these separate little spaces for like four or five pieces. Certain things you don't have that many pieces of, but it has this big hole in the game tray. Like when you actually look at the way the space is used, it's not efficient at all. I don't know if they're going to add anything to it in the future, but this box, if I had known it was this big, I would not have backed it. I probably would have gotten the expansion and I would have figured out a way to jam it into the old box, but I would not have paid for this because there is no way I'm ever going to be able to take this out of the house. It's just never going to happen. And this is a game I like and I would bring out and play with people, but now it's not going to happen. So I've kept my original box and I will probably repack it at some point because I just I can't use this thing. I don't know what to do with it. I'll tell you what to do with it. You go back into the past and you give yourself the game. This way you never need to buy it in the future. And it's a time paradox, but at least you're able to get rid of the game. That's all I'm saying, man. It's worth doing. <laughs> it's such a shame. It's like one of my favorite games. It's on my top 100. And then just this giant box that renders it almost unplayable. I know and I know some people are like, I get it to the table. I put it in my car. It's fine. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I tend to walk to game <laughs> night. 
Like, what kind of car are they driving? An SUV? Come on, man. Come I on. know. It's just not going to happen. And then you can only bring one game with you. You're like, all right, this is the game we're playing because it's the only thing I can carry. <laughs> so. Yeah. And the problem also is you're not playing with all of that. You can't play with all of that on a game night. So you're bringing, you're bringing more than you need. And then again, that's, you don't want to have to like, and I have a friend who does this, like he repackages his stuff into like plastic containers and takes it with him, which again is smart in some, in some cases, but it's also like, if you're going to get a giant box that fits everything, the last thing you want to have to do is break that box down to bring it to game night. Like, Oh, okay. I'll bring these pieces and these people like that. No, come on. No, no, no. I mean, I have Tricarion. The big box, which is not as big as the infinite box, but it's still a very big cube that barely fits everything, and it's very heavy. And, and again, getting into game night is rough because it's a very delicate box, too. All right, so let's talk about two boxes. I'm not mentioning the smaller version here, which is kind of insane for me to say, but Smash Up has a bigger, geekier box expansion. Now, they have a big, geeky box, which I've owned and I like it quite a lot. It's actually a rectangle box with a really heavy cover. And even though I've collected most, if not all, of the expansions, the bigger Gear box is a giant cube. And even with all of the expansions, I don't believe it fills up half of the cube. You know, it's just, it's, and again, it's a lot of just dead space. And it's a giant, giant, giant cube that takes up a whole space in my Kalex. And I'm just like, why didn't I just stick to the earlier box? The earlier box was fine. It held everything. I could have stopped. I could have had a normal life. But no, now I have the giant cube. And again, I, I just feel like the giant cube didn't need to be released yet because the other box was doing a fine job and it wasn't filled up yet. So I have the giant cube and my life has never been the same since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this box is stupid big i just pulled up a it's picture super of it. big yeah I, I you know what i would love though is this kind of box for like arkham horror the card game because the one thing that i would take a big box of and i don't care how big it is is something that's big enough to hold all of the lcg expansions for sure. one of those lcgs because you can't hold it in anything else they give you and so you just have decks of cards all over the place yes. and i don't take that game out of the house it's a solo game i would Absolutely. take that this for smash up that's ridiculous why would you do yeah and and especially since smash up is literally just two small tiny decks of cards that you put together and play like it's if you think about all of the games out there this giant box versus versus what it actually takes to play a single game is the greatest disparity there is out there just like giant box tiny little game you know like You could put that game in a deck box and just take it with you. And in in the future, they might need to do that, like somehow make smaller boxes inside the box that you could pull out. All right, next up is something that we just want to touch upon because we would be here for several hours talking about this. And this is basically all of the Kickstarter miniature games. And I mean all of them. I mean, there's just all of them. (laughs) Whether it's Tainted Grail... Or, I don't know, I, I just don't even want to go down that list. They're they're just all of them. They're just all of them. You know all of them, right, Anthony? They're all of them. Honestly, yeah. You look up Awakened Realms on uh, Board Game Geek and anything they've made. Um, yeah. There's the Batman Gotham City Chronicles. That game oh, is no. literally, the, the base game of that is two separate boxes that are the size of, like, Twilight Imperium boxes. And so you stack them together, and it gets pretty close to some of these other things. And... 
I'm trying to think of something else, but there's that's the world that we're moving into here. And those games are obviously they're prestige, they're very expensive, people pay a lot, and they repack them, they build custom solutions, all that stuff. But if you're gonna back a game like that, know that it will not be easy to carry around with you. <laughs> so. And again, it's another one of those games that you want to bring to game night because it deserves the attention, because it's just the miniatures are gorgeous and they're huge, but you are never going to play with everything on a game night. It's just it's way too much. All right, next up is, again, the granddaddy in some respects, the ultimate in some respects, and the super, 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 super expensive of all respects of miniature games, Kingdom Death Monster. Yeah. And, and this is, yeah. we're just talking about the base version, the core set, because there's yes. like 800 expansions, too. There is. Yeah, we don't, we don't want to go down that dark path, because if we start talking about that and just everything that comes along with that, there's no coming back. We know that. We all know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. This I have a game... copy of this yeah. that I picked up used, and it is, I don't know, it's not quite the full length of a uh, 2x4 Kalax, but it's pretty close. It's, it's not the highest game box I own, but it is certainly the longest, and it's very heavy, and it's very full of stuff. Yeah, and this is a game that I've looked at for quite some time, and I remember going to... This is really one of the convention visits. Like, if you ever go to a convention, and it's just not your normal thing to do, I highly recommend going to the Kingdom Death Monster booth, because the booth itself is gorgeously designed. The creatures are, like... They're just insane. They're just, they're just gorgeous and scary and horrifying, and they're huge and everything else. But... Again, this is another game that has a huge campaign to it, but it's almost impossible to get to the table, and it has a million little tiny components in it, cards and bits and pieces in it. If you've never played this, I guarantee you, you're just going to be blown away by everything that comes in the box, the weight of the box, and again, as Anthony mentioned, all of the boxes. So speaking about all the boxes here, Anthony, one of our favorite games of all time is Suburbia. The collector's edition. Well, at least the original edition. But they came out with a collector's edition. And you bought it. So how's that going for you? <laughs> uh, it's a big old brick on top of a shelf over here. And I have yet to play my copy. Because <laughs> I, it's such a pain in the butt to get it out. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's a similar problem to uh, Anachrony, really, is what happened. Is like you put everything in that one box. You have this giant cube. It's not as big as the Infinity box, but it's about as unwieldy because it's, you know, I don't know, two by two by two or whatever it ends up being. And then if you, even if you did take it out, like unpacking it and finding all the bits that you need to play the game, the way it's packed in there, that's a whole process unto itself. Sure. And I don't know. It's just a lot. And it's one of those things where I got it. I'm like, I love it. It's beautiful. I'm happy to have it. It's not like a, a straight up regret like the Infinity Box where I'm like, why did I do this? But it's also recognizing I'm like, I'm never going to bring this out. And I, if I want to play Suburbia, I need to bring it to game night because I'm usually the person who you know would bring this game out. So it is, it is a challenge now for that reason. And I think the most telling thing here is I didn't back this because I had everything for Suburbia, including the insert. And I honestly wanted to pull the trigger. And I regret not pulling the trigger. But then the weird thing was, I was so amped to play this. And I knew that there was at least two or three guys in my group that have this game. And I was like pleading with them to bring it to game night. I was like, I'll teach you how to play this. 
And each and every one of them on different occasions said, I can't, it's just too big. I can't lug that thing across town or on a bus or in a car and just get it here. It's just too big. And I'm just like, well, if that doesn't say everything, I don't know what does. And again, it's a shame because this is not just something you just drop down at like a cafe or something like that. So yeah, that's, 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 that's a rough, a rough situation. Now, the, I guess, sister to this would be probably the ultimate of ultimate of ultimate big box games. And we actually haven't even seen it yet. This was a recent Kickstarter. This was the Castles of Mad King Ludwig Collector's Edition, another game from Bezier Games. But what makes this the ultimate of ultimates is they decided to produce a colossal edition. So the rooms are like... Each of them are like a size of your hand and the moats are giant. Everything is giant. Like they made a, an additional, you know, backer level just to be able to get everything super, super huge. So I don't know what the final version will look like. I don't think they even had anything showing the, you know, what, what was going on here, but this is going to be massive. Again, if you've never played the game, it's all about creating a tableau of these different rooms and everything. I don't even know how you get this to the table. It's a good game, but a massive, huge box and a colossal addiction box is just unimaginable. And we haven't imagined it yet, but someone at Bezier Games has imagined it. So <laughs> good luck trying to see this hit in game night. No, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be bigger than the Suburbia box, and that's yes. not happening. So it's definitely yep. not going to happen. Ugh. And that was another thing. Like, I was going to pull the trigger on that because I do like the game a lot. And the idea of getting this like super deluxe colossal edition to the table was like, oh. And then every time I watched their campaign, I was like, are they going to show a shot of like the game set up on a table so I can get a sense of like how big this thing is? And then like they never really did. And I was just like, I got to stop watching this campaign because nah, this is going to be bad. <laughs> so, you know, there you go. Our largest and biggest games that are just way way too big to play everything in one box you carry it all but you can't play it all just big problems it's the board cube of the board game universes resistance is futile you will pick them up you will put them on a shelf they will collect dust you will just eventually break down in tears that you can't get these great games to the table each and every week all right anthony so that's everything for this week until next time this is chris and this is Anthony. And we'll save you a seat at the table, unfortunately, without one of these giant boxes. Yes. <laughs> See ya! Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. 
Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.